the next two or three weeks growing in the Father. Good to go, uh, Wayne? Growing in the Father. Guys, if you turn to uh, Galatians 4, 4 to 7. Hey, um, Prashant, can you sit here so that in case Mr. Sidhu needs any questions, he can ask you. Yeah. So Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7. Let's just turn to that. Galatians 4, 4 to 7. And here's what it says. It says, And because you are sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Go over it again. And because you are sons. Guys, just imagine that. eh? Here's why the Father sent His Spirit into you. This is why God the Father sent the Spirit of His Son, Jesus Christ, into you. Why? He actually knows now that you are sons. And if you are sons, then He must send the Spirit of His Son into you. How do you become his son? It says uh, Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. It says in Hebrews 2, verse 14. Uh, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shed their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of the death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God alone, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, He's able to help those who are being tempted. So one of the ways we become sons is by the son taking part in our flesh. Now go to Colossians 2. Colossians 2. In Colossians it says that... Uh, uh, Colossians 1.13 I think. Colossians 1.13. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom... We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And there's another scripture, I don't remember where the thing is, where it says that the Son of God sent His Son so that we may... uh, It's in Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. And it says here... It talks about being co-heirs. Yeah. Uh, Now, and it's the same scripture that we saw in Galatians 4. It says here, verse 15, for you, Romans 8:15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So here's the odd thing, guys. If you want to become sons, you have to have the spirit. But the Spirit is sent because 
God thinks you are his son. If you want to become sons, you cannot become sons unless you receive unless you receive Christ, you cannot yeah. just help him with that yeah. and so here's the thing, if I need to become a son I cannot become a son without the Holy Spirit because unless you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven so there's no question of me becoming a son without the Holy Spirit because it very clearly says if you're not led by the Spirit, you're not a son of God if you're led by the Spirit, you are a child of God. So without the Spirit, I can't become a son. But understand why, the, why God sends His Spirit to you. He sends His Spirit to you because He knows that sonship is impossible without the Holy Spirit. Sonship is impossible without the Holy Spirit. Sonship is impossible without the Holy Spirit. So therefore, guys, every morning yearn for... Yearn by opening your lives up to the Holy Spirit. Eh? Start the day because He's the one who brings in this sense of sonship. We don't do these things actively. Get up every morning and begin a call out saying, Father, my sonship comes only because you have given me the spirit of your son. So here I am once again, not to receive your Holy Spirit, but to completely yield myself to your spirit. Because my sonship comes through your spirit and nothing else. Every day begin the day like that. Guys, these are not basics. These are primary things in Christianity. We're not doing 101 Christianity. We're not talking about basics. We're talking about the primary things of Christianity. If we don't get this, we get nothing. This is not ABCD of Christianity. This is what Christianity revolves around. Now I'm in a position to walk in sonship. And we're only going to talk about growing in the Father for the next three weeks. And so that is when I can do what is said here. And because you're a son, Jacob, God your Father has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, Jacob, so that when you wake up in the morning, when you're walking through the day, you will cry out, Abba, Father. And Jacob, this will keep you from being a servant. It'll keep you from being a slave or thinking like a servant or a slave, looking for things to do for God. You will begin to behave like a son. And if you're a son, know that you are an heir of God through Christ. You know, you should see Don in Derek's house. Don thinks and behaves as if everything in Derek's house belongs to him. He actually thinks Derek's wallet belongs to him. He does. And watching it, it's entertaining, amusing. And yet, it also shows that here are two brothers who do quite well with each other. Where Don actually thinks everything that is Derek's belongs to me. In, when, before Don came, Derek had a bed. Now he doesn't. Before Don came, Derek had a wallet that was full. Now he doesn't. And Don has absolutely no problems in exploiting Derek. And Derek has absolutely no problems being exploited. This is how it is, man. That is what is meant by co-heirs, where everything that is summoned is yours. Guys, it is a secret to rest. At the end of the day, if we get what we're going to teach over the next three weeks right, you will learn what it is to walk in contentment and rest. That's why I'm calling it growing in the Father. Growing in the Father. The message puts it this way. Doesn't the privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave but a child? Doesn't the privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain 
that you are not a slave but a child. So the question is, do we have intimate conversations with God? May I suggest to you that our prayer language will reflect our relationship with God. If I hear you pray, I will know where you are at with the Father. I was at Diana's dad's funeral some years ago and um, Diana had asked me to come and pray and I went up and prayed and when we gathered down in the fellowship hall of that church, Mabel, uh, many, uh, all I did was pray, I didn't do anything else, just prayed and that's it. When I finished praying and when I was down in the fellowship hall and we were having refreshments, you don't know the number of people who came up and said to me, how do you pray like that? Because we don't relate to the Father. I'm, I'm talking about individuals. I'm not. Uh, they're diff- different people from different churches. They're, so this is not a. I'm not talking about which church. I'm just talking about people coming up and saying, "How do you pray like that?" Because I don't know how to pray like that to the Father. Your intimacy is a reflection. Your intimacy in prayer will show where you are at with the Father. I'm just reading scripture from the message, man. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you're not a slave but you're a child? And if you're a child, you're also an heir. And I love the next line. With complete access to the inheritance. With complete access to the inheritance. With complete access to the inheritance. Growing in the Father... Which brings me to another question. What is our inheritance, guys? What is our inheritance? Keep going. We're on the right track. Thank God you didn't say other stuff. Wouldn't expect you to. What is our inheritance? Guys, may I suggest that another way of wording what you said is our inheritance is the Father. If you have the Father, you have everything, man. Psalm 16 verse 5 talks about it. David in the Old Testament says, God is my portion. If the Father is my inheritance, then then what don't I have? Do you understand why growing in the Father then is so essential to accessing everything that God wants for my life? You know, what will happen when we begin to live like that is we will be set free to experience our heritage. We will be set free to experience our heritage instead of being people who keep going after God to have their needs met. God will stop being Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah the Protector, Jehovah the Provider, Jehovah the Provision. God will stop being all that when He is Father, because in the Father, everything is. It is, it, it is oddly an immature form of Christianity that partitions God into different perspectives, aspects and says, okay, I want to run after Jehovah Rapha. I want, Great, those are all his characteristics. He gave himself those names to portray who he was. But the one thing he essentially is, is the father. And if you have the father, you have an inheritance. And you don't have to then go running after needs to be met because you have your inheritance. And in that inheritance, you have everything. The father becomes your inheritance. That is your primary inheritance. The father is your inheritance. The Bible actually says it. Go to Psalm 16 verse 5. Psalm 16, verse 5, and it says it. It says, 
Lord, you have assigned me my portion and cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. In some other scriptures, the way he puts it is, the Father is my portion. Do you have the message version of it? Psalm 16, verse 5. Psalm 16, verse 5. Do you have it? Yeah. Which verse? 9 to 11? 5. Go back, go back to the uh, choice thing again. Just verse so 5. My choice yeah. is God? Yeah, keep going. My choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find that I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and yard, and then you make me your heir. Read that again. <laughs> my choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and yard, and then you make me your heir. Awesome. God is my inheritance and my portion, guys. What is my inheritance? First the Father, my portion. In Him I have everything. You know, I want to be set free to experience my rightful heritage. I want to be set free to experience my rightful heritage. Because if I can get to understand the Father, I will be at rest. I will be completely at rest. My life will be at rest. I'll be contained and contented. There will be no need to think of, worry of, bother about anything else. Because Jesus said it very plainly in Matthew 6 long ago. When he said, your father knows before you even ask. Our problem is we, can't, we haven't arrived there yet, so we struggle. I want to arrive there. I'm running out of time. I want to arrive there. Surely I want to live this out for a few years. Don't want to arrive there two minutes before I die. And so we're going to look at the Father in three different ways, guys. Uh, we're going to see ourselves in three, three areas. One, today we're only dealing with this. The fa- I am the f- this is the first part. This is, this is step one. And this is where we are at right now. Or maybe we've gone to step two, too. The Father's child, that's what we're examining today. Next week, we'll go over something that we did two years ago which we visit every now and then, but I think we need to do a whole new revision of it, which is the Father's heart. This is where we start. Eh? Every child starts here. Every person who should start here. The Father's child. I am my Father's child. I am a much-loved child. I am greatly loved by the Father. He is a good, good Father. I am a much-loved child. That's where we start. And at least the church is beginning to discover that with the songs and with the grace message which may be perverted, but which establishes this. Then we go to something called the father's heart. Because once you grow out of childhood, you now have to understand your father's heart so that you understand it when things are not going well. So that you understand it when he is disciplined. So that you understand it when you haven't had breakfast. So that you understand it when he isn't putting bandage on your owie. So that you understand it when he isn't giving you the pocket allowance that you think you deserve. That is when we have to understand the Father's heart and we'll talk about that next week. And the week after, and perhaps it may take a couple of weeks, is to understand what it is to be the Father's son. 
There's a difference between child and son. Unto us a child is what? Born. But unto us a son is given. There's a difference. A child was born but it was a son who was given. And so we have to learn these three. And if we learn these three. If God the Father's, I am God the Father's child, I, under, I want to understand God the Father's heart, and then I want to be God the Father's son. Jesus Christ was God the Father's son, and we haven't even scratched the surface on that one. When you connect this to what we've been talking about regarding the Holy Spirit, you'll find yourself in a place that is brilliant. Is my mic still on or is it dead? Still on? Great. This is what we'll touch on today. I just wanted to introduce the others. And this is just a reiteration of what we've learned already. The father's child is to have the eyes and heart of a trusting child. The eyes and the heart of a trusting child. Both are important. Eh? I need to have the eyes of a trusting child and the heart of the trusting child. The eyes always locate. The heart is what trusts. The eye looks, the heart believes. The eye looks for, the heart believes. I mean, you see that in little kids. First thing when they are in trouble is they start looking. And once they look, they don't move away from the place of trouble. They can stand there and trust. Till the parent comes in one big swoop, picks them up and moves them. Strange, eh? A child can be surrounded by things and he only has to look. Once he finds, he stays because now he trusts. And then the parent comes and delivers the child out of the trouble. Psalm 23 is basically this. David being like a child. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Why? How can he even say that if God wasn't his portion? He leads me beside still waters. He? He? Restores my soul. He lets me lie down, in, lie down in green pastures. What's next? He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. Keep going. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Ha! How do you do that, man? I will fear no evil. This is not some great statement of faith. This is the eyes and heart of a trusting child. For he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is the cry of a child whose heart is steadfast in his father and he was not from the new covenant. It's just nuts, man. Psalm 26.3 from the message puts it this way. I never lose sight of your love. I keep in step with you, never missing a beat, reliant on your faithfulness. I never lose sight of your love. When do we panic, guys? When does life go wrong? When you lose sight of his love. What is the definition of a dull child? A dull child is a child who has lost sight of the father's love. 
That's when you go dull. That is why as we grow older, this part becomes very important because circumstances change. And one must go from childhood to sonship. It's a process of maturity. And that is why this is so important. It's not, it, it is vital to going from here to here. Eyes in the heart of a trusting child, so I never lose sight of your love, but keep in step with you, never missing a beat, reliant on your faithfulness. Even faith then becomes easy because faith works by love and a much-loved child exerts faith without effort. Faith works by love. As in, I cannot show faith with ease. A a much-loved child exerts faith without effort. Put an orphan and a child in a situation and see who strives more and who strives less. The one that is loved strives less. Why? Because the one that is loved knows what comes with that love. One that does not recognize love knows that you have to now exert a lot of faith to get there. Once you know the goodness of the Father, again we come back to this, once you know this, faith is easy. Without knowing this, faith is really exertion. It still works, but it's not easy. I don't have to exert faith to know that the barbecue will work uh, at the church barbecue. I don't have to exert faith to make sure that the sausages will be cooked. I don't have to exert faith to make sure that coffee will be ready. These things I take for granted because I've come to know the characteristics of this church. I don't have to worry about it. Once you know, then it's easy. Guys, three things that are very important for someone who wants to be the father's child. And, uh, I mean, it continues throughout, but here are three things that you need to make this step. One, it's Psalm 25, verse 9. If you want to grow in the father as a child, Psalm 25, verse 9 says, the father will, uh, it says, God teaches the humble his ways and shows them what is right. God teaches the humble his ways and shows them what is right. The, uh, he, the, one of the requirements for growing, in the, growing as a father's child is humility. And this kids have plenty of. At least they start off that way. Humility. Psalm 25 verse 9. The father teaches the humble his ways. I was so fascinated when I first saw this verse that, Father, so you're saying that if I, am, I approach you with a humble heart, you will teach me your ways and show me what is right. Duh. Of course I will come that way then. Humble yourself, man. And what does humbling mean? Humbling means refusing to be stubborn. Refusing to be self-run. That's what humbling means. That's where humbling starts, guys. Humbling yourself before God is nothing else but that. It's not fasting that humbles you. You can be someone who fasts four days a week, but it's super stubborn and self-run. As in, you're an authority unto yourself and you run your life. Then, let me say the opposite of Psalm 25 verse 9. God will not show you his ways and will not tell you what is right and you will stumble around in a dark room and yet go to heaven. Where else does it say in the New Testament? The Holy Spirit who leads us. This is what it says in James. It says, God resists those who are proud, 
but gives grace to those that are humble. Resist is to take a warrior-like stance opposing somebody. So you will still go to heaven, but on earth you will walk around stumbling like a man in a dark room. Second thing, child-likeness. 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 If you want to grow as a father's child, child-likeness. Matthew 11.25. Really cool verse. Matthew 11.25. Jesus is praying, and at one point Jesus says, Sorry, I keep calling Jesus the son. Sometimes I need to call him Jesus. Otherwise we don't know who we are talking about. Jesus, the only God on the face of the earth. There is no other. Jesus Christ. Son of the living God. So, Jesus. Childlikeness, eh? Childlikeness, Matthew eleven twenty-five. Sidhu, it is good to have you here. Uh, no, I want to go. My much pain in back. Okay. I can't, uh, can, before you go, can we pray for I your back? I will come in future. Yeah. Uh, every Sunday is crossing is on. It's at 3.30. 3? 3.30. Okay. Only today. Can we quickly pray for your back that the back becomes okay? Yes, exactly. So church, can we pray for his back? I, I, I you, can't. You, uh, you I can't, can't sit. No, I but can't stand. No, I can't stand. pray can't stand. Okay. okay. Yes, Jesus, Sidhu's back is paining Jesus. Jesus, could you please heal Sidhu's back? Okay, thank you. Could you heal Jesus, Sidhu's back so he doesn't have pain in Jesus Christ's name? Amen. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Sidhu. Thank you, sir. Thank you, all of you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Prashant, just see him to the door even though you're limping. Yeah, and just walk him out and just say hi. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty five. Really cool words. Jesus is praying to the Father. And here's what he says. He says, Father, you are so pleased to reveal things to little children. Guys, there's no question of navigating life here on earth without the Father revealing things. And he says, I only reveal things to ones who are little children or childlike. You've hidden this from the wise and the complicated and the theologians and the... Nothing wrong with theologians. I've met theologians who are like little children. I'm just saying the theologians who are not. And there are a few of them, eh? Pardon? Yeah. Everybody has to be childlike. You can be whatever you want to be. The Pope has to be childlike. And if he's not, there's no revelation for him. And he has to believe in Jesus Christ only. So, childlikeness. Matthew 11, 25. And if he believes in Jesus Christ, that's fine. Coming back to what I was talking about. I forget sometimes that this message is sometimes heard by others. And not just this church. Because you guys know me, others don't. Um, Yeah. So guys, um, the Father is pleased to reveal things to children. You want things revealed? Childlikeness is a must. Is a must. What is childlikeness? The eyes and the heart. Heart of a trusting child. The eyes in the heart of a trusting child. If you don't know what childlikeness is, go spend a weekend with Mark and Rhonda. They need babysitters anyways. You will see childlikeness occasionally. Other times it will be difficult. Go ahead. 
Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Common sense, Oswald Chambers says this, common sense was given to the natural man. It was not given to the spiritual man. Supernatural sense was given to the spiritual man. So when you're living here on earth, use supernatural sense. Unless you want to live like the natural man, in which case, stick with common sense. But if you stick with common sense, don't expect anything from God to actually happen in your life. Because God is super logical, but he almost always does things that are no longer within the realm of common sense. So if you want to live a natural life here on earth and go to heaven, use common sense. If you want to live a supernatural life here on earth and then go to heaven, use supernatural sense. Very simple. This church really believes in supernatural sense. If we did anything using common sense, we wouldn't be here. We would have been at Pilgrim four years ago. Third one, obedience. Obedience. Sometimes we think childlikeness and knowing the father as a child has nothing to do with obedience. <laughs> Jesus put it this way. Hey, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love, why don't you keep my father's commandments and abide in his love? John fifteen nineteen. John fifteen nineteen. John fifteen nineteen. John 15, 19. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love, so why don't you keep my father's commandments, Jacob, and abide in his love, remain in his love. We talk about being a much-loved child. It is impossible to be a much-loved child just believing that the father is good. This is where the song is limited. He's a good, good father. Yes, he is. And I'm a loved, I'm a much-loved child. That's who I am. This is true. But if you want to continue to walk as a much-loved child, you have to go take it to the next level, which is I will learn how to remain in his love by walking in obedience. Otherwise, you'll find that the father thinks you're a much-loved child, but you don't feel it anymore unless you sing it. Yeah. Yeah, and yet he says God's foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. Man's wisdom is God's like God's foolishness is greater than man's wisdom, and so it's a whole different way of thinking and wising. Yeah. Go ahead. John fifteen nineteen. Maybe it's 15.9. John 15.9. 10. John 15.10. If you read it from the message, message it says, Remain in my love by obeying my Father's commands, just as I remain in His love. By, and so on. Guys, be, be at home in my, in my Father's love. That's what the message says. So, be at home in my Father's love. So, the point being, guys, you can be a much-loved child only if you now realize that I'm a much-loved child, he's a good father, and now I will continue walking in much-loved childness by obeying him. Without obedience, it doesn't work, eh? It doesn't work. 
Yeah. Yeah. Any questions? I'm almost done. We'll do the rest next week. These are three. Next week we'll go back and revise the things that we talked about the father's hat and we'll add some more to it. But this part we should have gotten by now. God the father. I am the father's child. I don't think I have... There's a morning in my life now for the last little while where I don't start the day like this. First thing I do when I get up is, Hey father, I got to get only one thing right today. I'm a much loved child. And to recognize that I'm a much loved child, I need to recognize you as father. If I can get that right, everything else falls into place. Gives me the guts to go on trips like this. Because I'm a much loved child. And if I am walking in humility, which I try to, and then boast about it, uh, he will teach me his ways and show me what is right. Isn't that brilliant? Psalm 25 verse 9. To one who is humble, God will teach his ways and show what is right. Ah! He now begins to lead you during the day. Second thing, childlikeness. Father, you will reveal things to those that are childlike, not to the wise and the prudent. The wise and the prudent are the common sense people. Now he begins to reveal himself and reveal the truth. Isn't that brilliant? And the third thing is obedience. Now that you say it, I really want to remain in your love and walk in your favor. How do you do that? By continuing to now walk in obedience. Guys, we've got to do this, eh? We've got to do this. Do you want me in the picture or not in the picture? Yes. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so that's what, start with this, guys. This you should have uh, already begun practicing. And guys, if you practice, it's very hard to escape the Father's love, eh? Very hard not to have. Remember what I read earlier. Remember what I read earlier. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation make, with God make it plain that you're not a slave, but a child? Whether you like it or not, whether you receive it or not, whether you believe it or not, listen to this. If you have received Christ, you are a son. And therefore, God has sent His Holy Spirit into you. You may not feel it, but it doesn't change the fact. Can you feel blood running through your temples right now? May I suggest to you that if it wasn't, you'd be brain dead by now. I look forward to this, but I really look forward to this. And so, we leave it at that. And uh, go now and practice these three things, so by next week, you're surely doing this every day. And if you ain't doing this, you'll only get notes on the other two. Because if we don't do the first, we don't get to the second, we don't get to the third. And uh, just want to let you know that we have two more guys who've decided to leave Vernon and join us. So, <laughs> Alison and Alice. Eric doesn't know about it.